Hi, my name is Jovi. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime, Crime Stories. Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello. Hello. I've been watching uh, New Girl. I actually just finished my rewatch of New Girl. Nice. And that's how Winston says hello. And it's been stuck in my head. And now I'm just going, ah, hello. And here's the thing. I know we've said this before, but I am going to reiterate it because it's very important. Watch New Girl if you haven't. Mm -hmm. You're seriously missing out. It is one of the funniest TV shows I have ever watched. It's like my happy play show. Yes. Um, Because, like, and I am a Friends fan, so I enjoy watching Friends. I enjoy, Mm -hmm. like, I have a lot of shows that, like, I'll just put on and enjoy mm-hmm. but no show actually makes me laugh out loud the way that New Girl does yes and it's because it's one of those comedy shows where it doesn't have the syndicated laughter yes. so like it doesn't tell you when to laugh mm-hmm. like you can laugh whenever you want to laugh you can laugh whenever you want to and I'm telling you you're going to laugh a oh lot my God, yes, so please do yourself a favor watch it and then watch listen to their podcast yes. and just Enjoy it. Enjoy. New Girl's great. I, I promise. You're going to want to play True American. You're going to want to, <laughs> you know, be best friends with Schmidt because he's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. just just go enjoy it. Yeah. It's so. fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> so. You know, um, not note. <laughs> not sponsored or anything. So, you know. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> hook us yeah. up. We'll sponsor you all day long. Yeah. Well, actually, vice versa. They need to sponsor. They're the ones with the money. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. yes. 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 We'll just talk about you. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. Um, all right, so we are going to skip right over our true crime headlines today mm-hmm. because I will tell you guys, I have a doozy of a story to tell tonight. It's going to take us a while to get, well, not take us a while to get through, but it's a, a dense story. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't want to waste too much time getting into the the nuts and bolts of our episode. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. So um, <laughs> we are going to, I guess, jump right into the bed crime yeah. story. Let's do it. Let's jump in bed and listen to that bed crime story. Womp, womp. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I chose my story because I have what doctors call a little bit of an Andrew Garfield problem. <laughs> Just a little bit? Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have a solve for it, a salve uh-huh. for it to try and remove my obsession with uh-huh. Andrew Garfield. Uh-huh. It's not working. Nope. I may need to go to like Andrew Garfield Anonymous. AGA. AGA. Mm-hmm. Love the man. Mm-hmm. Adore him. I think he's so talented. Mm-hmm. He should have won the Oscar. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Him in Tick, Tick, Boom is just mm, 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 chef's kiss. And again, if Perfection. you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, watch, actually, watch that before New Girl because New Girl is seasons and seasons. Yes. Tick, Tick, Boom is phenomenal. phenomenal. It will make you laugh. It'll make you cry. And yes. then cry some more. But both sad and happy tears. Like, yes. it's just, it's a phenomenal movie. The music is fantastic. It's a great story. It's just you just watch it. Just and goodbye. Andrew Garfield is a revelation. A revelation. <gasps> anyway, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> obsessed. And he is going to be starring soon in an upcoming Hulu series, a true crime series called Under the Banner of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming out, um, like I said, on Hulu at the end of April. So actually probably around the time that we post this will be right around the time that it starts airing because I think it's the True. 28th of April. True. Um, and I will watch anything with Andrew Garfield in it anyway, but Andrew Garfield plus True Crime makes Charlie a happy gal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited. But I didn't know the... I keep doing that, I'm sorry. But I didn't know the crime that the show was based on. Okay. I've heard of it before. So I was like, ooh, I have an idea. 
Mm, me have an idea. I am going to tell the story on the podcast so that way we can all be prepared Yay! and excited for the Andrew Garfield show. That's perfect. What a genius. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. <laughs> big brain works sometimes. Big brain, big noodle working on top. And I'm super excited about it because we're going to give him those ratings and mm-hmm. then maybe he'll sponsor us one day. <laughs> <gasps> or he could be a guest on our show. <sighs> could you imagine? No. No, I'd die. I'd make him sing. I'd literally die. I would literally just no. be like, can you sing the whole episode, I would not please? be able to have Andrew Garfield on the show. So, mm. tonight I'm going to be telling the story of the murders committed by religious extremists, the Lafferty Brothers. Ooh. <laughs> are, they, are they in relation to James Lafferty? No, not no relation to James Lafferty okay. from Wonder Hill, okay. which is my favorite teen drama. And if you haven't watched Wonder Hill, highly recommend. So basically, we're telling you what to watch over the summer. Yes, like, yes. just watch all those shows and report back to us. Yes. Let us know your favorite yes. episode. For real. If you, know. you haven't watched Wonder Hill, like, get out from the rock that you live under and enjoy your life because Wonder Hill is brilliant. <laughs> but anyway, it's really, truly the best of all the teen dramas. And I will die on that hill. So anyway, on that one tree hill. Um, wow. Hey. Wow. So, so my sources for this afternoon's story are Deseret.com, True Crime Daily, the Detroit Free Press.com, the Salt Lake Tribune, Grunge.com, and Crimatorium.com. Crimatorium? Yes. That's fun. An auditorium of crime. And I would just like to say, Jovi, that I upheld my challenge to do another story without Wikipedia. That's right. Didn't oh, even that's open right. the page. Good for what, you. What? Okay. Okay. So Charlie to Wikipedia zero. Right. Even though donate to Wikipedia because literally. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, please do. We love them. Please okay. do. We really do love them. We're just challenging ourselves because it's fun. Yeah. So let's all be prepared for what I imagine to be brilliant television Ooh. because Andrew Garfield and true crime. So mm-hmm. let's do this. Mm-hmm. Really quick, though, isn't yeah. Hulu the one that did the America's Boogeyman? No. Okay, who was it again? It was just like a, it was just a network and it was on Hulu. Oh, okay, got it, yeah, got it. Yeah. I was going to say. Hmm. No, no. And you figure American Boogeyman was on like rando channel that just okay. happened on Hulu. Got it. American Boogie Woman is on Netflix. So it's got just it. like random. Got whatever. it, got it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yes, that's no. all. Hulu's Consider- great. And actually Hulu right now has a miniseries that I really want to watch that's also true crimey, but not like murdery. Um, called Give Me a Moment. Oh, good God. It's about the chick from Theranos, the fraud case. Oh. She just was found guilty. Oh, fuck. Oh, I know exactly what you're... I could see it in my head. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is in it. Yes. Fuck. And I actually just... I want to watch it so bad. Watched a commercial for it. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been an ad on TikTok. Either way, I I can't think of what it's called, but I could see I could see it in my head. But I want to watch it too. That's yes. also on Hulu. Yes, yay Hulu. Okay, here we go. Wild ride. Buckle in. <clears throat> so Watson, Leroy Lafferty, and Claudine Jones were married on June sixth, nineteen forty, in Salt Lake at the Salt Lake LDS Temple. Mm. So LDS Church of Latter Day Saints, aka the Mormon Church. So LDS couples are joined in marriage for what the Mormons call time and all eternity. Hmm. So death do not do them part. (laughs) They're together in death too, bitches. Yes, that shit lasts in perpetuity. So together they raised eight children, two girls, six boys. Now the three main children we need to um, really get to know, Ron is the oldest, Alan is the youngest, 
and Dan is somewhere in the middle, six years younger than Ron. Okay. So Ron, Dan, Alan. Okay. So it's kind of like alphabetical from the youngest to the oldest. No. No. Because it's Ron, Ron, then Dan, then Alan. No, no. Going going backwards. Backwards. But but if you go from the youngest to the oldest. Correct. 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 Yes. Don't doubt me. I mean, I was going chronological. Okay. Yes. Fair. 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 So, so we were, were literally saying the same thing, thing. Yes. just in different ways. Yes. <clears throat> yes. So, so by all outside appearances, <laughs> as usual, right, the neighbors said everything was normal. Um, by all outside appearances, the Lafferty family was a tight-knit group. They were obedient, disciplined, and very happy. They lived in Provo, Utah, which is the home of Brigham Young University, which is a primarily Mormon university. Um, they were all very well known in the area because Watson Lafferty, the dad, was a chiropractor, and he had a very popular practice that he ran out of the home. Nice. Yes. So the well, chiropractic. Say, dun, dun, dun. Well, no, 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 I'm saying nice. Dun, 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 because he's not nice. Got so, it, got it, got it. <laughs> so the Lafferty patriarch, Mr. Watson, was a stern disciplinarian, and he directed a certain uh, level of rage specifically at his wife and the family pets. No, red flag. Yeah, after one spat with his wife, he beat the family dog to death with a baseball bat. <gasps> Yeah. He's a horrible human he's being. Awful. He's really Oh awful. my god. Oh, speaking of yeah, Molly's like Molly's like, yeah, yeah. He is, he's a fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah, you don't beat my people. Ooh. My yeah. brother in. Yes, my brother in. <laughs> um yeah. So in his sons, Watson Lafferty passed on his own paranoia, rebellion, and fanaticism. He taught his boys to distrust conventional medicine and the federal government. Which hmm. I thought was pretty funny that like he's a chiropractor. He's like, forget regular medicine, yeah. but I'll crack your back and you'll be fine. Yeah. But technically they don't really consider chiropractors well, doctors. So they're not. yeah. They're bone crackers. Um he also <laughs> literally I mean, for real. Um for real. Uh he also took his religious beliefs to the extreme (laughs) this isn't funny this is awful but i you know you know how we do we giggle so we don't cry yes one of his sons accidentally shot himself in the stomach with an arrow and watson told him he would have to suffer until morning because he was breaking the sabbath i'm sorry okay wait 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 wait. how does one shoot themselves in the stomach with an arrow that i don't know that is that is puzzling to me. It is a puzzle. Also, what a piece of shit father <laughs> to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, the Sabbath's more important than you. And, you know, you bleeding all over the place. Yeah, just and, put, a, put a rag on it, kid. Right? Yeah. Or I'm actually surprised it wasn't like, you got to wait and, you know what, clean up your blood. Yeah. Like, clean it up. Rub some dirt in it and cry about it later. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Great great stuff so ron and dan so the oldest and then the one six years younger than him became like best friends they grew up very very close the boys were known for their short tempers and willingness to back each other in a fight so um in the lds faith boys are encouraged but not required to go on missions at the age of 19. in 1960 ron did wind up serving his mission and he went to Florida. So after his two year mission was complete, he came home and he married a woman named Diana and the two soon had their first child named Carolee. Okay. So Ron was said um, at the time he was a doting father and a very good provider for his family. 
Dan, six months later, or six years later, when he turned 19, um, actually served his mission in Scotland. And he oh, was, wow. I know. And he was the first person in the family to travel outside of the country. Huh. And while he was there, he met his future wife, Matilda. And Matilda had two daughters from a previous relationship. Okay. So after spending two years on his church mission, church mission, on his <laughs> church mission in Scotland, uh, Dan and Matilda married in 1977. Oh no, they married and in 1977 had a daughter together that they named Rebecca. Okay. So Dan also reportedly very attentive to all three girls and they adored him. Um, Dan himself wound up going to school to become a chiropractor, just like his dad. But it was around this time that his behavior and his beliefs started to change and morph and turn kind of dark. So this seemed to be spurred on by a set of events that occurred while he was attending school. So he and Matilda, to make money, ran a sandwich shop out of their home where they and the three girls prepared sandwiches and Dan would sell them to students on campus. Okay. Now, apparently, it was quite lucrative and they were making enough money for the family to live, like, comfortably while Dan was attending school. Okay. But this is, like, against a whole bunch of laws, like health department (laughs) and tax shit. So it wasn't long before the health department came and the IRS came calling Mm -hmm. and uh, they shut the business down and demanded that taxes be paid on the proceeds from sales of the sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So this, like, pissed Dan off. He was livid. And it was shortly after this that he became vehemently anti-government. He revoked his driver's license and quit paying taxes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He also tried this. This made me giggle. He also tried to refuse to pay sales tax, which he wasn't usually successful at. So, like, he would go to like Target and be like, "I'm not paying that sales tax," and they're like, "Yeah, you are." So, bye. Yeah. Well, okay. the, what what amuses me too is that he, you said he, usually successful. Usually. So right. I'm very curious of who was like, yeah, right, fuck the government. Yeah, you could you could keep that dollar in yeah. your pocket. Keep that six percent, Dan. <laughs> fuck the man. Um, yeah. Save so the empire. <laughs> yes, Dan the man. Save the empire. So Dan had always strived to be Christ-like, but this desire started to evolve into something else altogether. Like pretty much madness if you will Mm. and he was veering away from his religious roots as he felt that the mormon church had strayed from the original teachings of the book of mormon of joseph smith and the practice of polygamy Hmm. it always polygamy is always a hitch for them when they go extreme i mean like when when they start to veer away it's always like you know what i could really use though some extra fucking wives yeah yeah Yeah. really use some of those yep so one night, Matilda walked in on her 14-year-old daughter sitting on Dan's lap. Oh, no. Allegedly, Dan was touching her bare breasts. Oh, no. Yes. He stated he, he stated to Matilda he would never let it happen again. And he even walked around with a pebble in his shoe as a reminder to try not to think about wanting to touch her. Because he needed to do that. <laughs> to not what like, what the f- that's what I said. What the fuck? Like, you shouldn't have to no. put a pebble in your shoe, dude. No, you should put, like, fucking knives in your shoes for punishment for touching her. For real. Not as a fucking reminder. Like, oh, I really need to stop touching wow. boobs. That's right. That's what that pebble's for. <laughs> mm-hmm. The boob pebble. The boob pedal. pebble. 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 Not pedal. 
Um, yeah. So the pebble was no cure, obviously, because hi, you're a pevert. So Dan, of course, becomes now more radicalized, and he wanted to practice polygamy and take his fourteen year old fourteen year old stepdaughter as his second wife. Neither Matilda nor the Mormon Church were real big fans of that. And in 1982, the LDS Church officially excommunicated Dan for his attempt to make his stepdaughter his wife. So Dan, like, he steers into the skid and gets even more mad. And he tells his brothers that they are the true leaders of God's church. And they believed him. So all the brothers start to let their beards and hair grow long like biblical prophets. And they were spending, like, so much time together that they were and like railing against the LDS church and the U.S. government, that they were spending more time together as brothers than they were with their own wives and children. So they were making their own brotherly cult. For reals, though. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Dan begins holding meetings in his home, preaching his disdain for the control he perceived the government had over people, while also speaking out against the Mormon church for its modern-day teachings. Um, This week, which... Okay, so, (laughs) sorry. This weekly meeting included only men. No, shocker. Mm -hmm. Mostly the Lafferty brothers. Uh, There was a couple of, like, stragglers that weren't related stumbling into these meetings There were six of them, so... I mean, they have kind of their own thing. Yeah. But there were some, like, additional peeps in there as well, dudes. And they... It was kind of their own church of sorts, and they started calling it the School of Prophets. Jesus Christ. Which sounds like a really bad underground rap band yes yes we're the does. school of prophets like no, no you're not no you're not um Sit so down. yeah for real so of course one of the people who were regularly attending the meetings was the youngest brother alan mm-hmm. and he seemed to agree with dan's philosophies and ideas so much so that he had begun he be, that he began trying to implement the beliefs within his own family okay. so yeah so ron started um Ron, for his part, the oldest brother, started attending the School of Prophet meetings as well, and he also became a believer. Um, One of the ideologies taught within this School of Prophets was that women are to stay at home with the children and be open to the practice, of course, of polygamy. Because, again, it all comes back to how many vaginas can I stick in it. Legit. For real. Like, come on. But, you know, but it's for God. Do better. Do better. Yeah. God would not tell you to penetrate all those vaginas. For. Like, calm down. For real, though. Um, So Brenda, Alan's wife, was a strong-willed and educated young woman, and she wasn't open to this proposed lifestyle change. So she and Alan met while Brenda attended Brigham Young University, and Alan was attending Utah uh, Technical College. She was a journalism student and a broadcasting anchor for the local university's run channel. So Brenda was incredibly well-educated and pretty strong-willed and was like, nah, nah, Alan. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. So Dan eventually discarded the idea of marrying his stepdaughter, so, you know, smart, and instead married a Romanian immigrant woman named Anne Randack, who took care of Robert Redford's horses on a ranch that he owned in Spanish Fork, Utah. No shit. That's what I said. That's what I put in there. So I was like, that is an interesting interesting fact. Yeah, very interesting fact. Um, He was technically practicing polygamy. Even though Dan and Matilda's marriage was about to end. Because obviously Matilda, Matilda was pissed. Yeah. yeah. She's like, fuck this noise. She's like, fuck this guy. Um, 
nobody really knows what happened to his marriage of uh, to Anne Randack, but Matilda and Diana, the two Ron and Dan's wives, mm-hmm. were frequently kind of calling upon Brenda for advice because they saw her as this strong, independent woman. Yeah, and they were asking her, you know, how are we going to be able to handle these changes that we're seeing in our husbands? She seemed to be the only one that wasn't afraid to stand up to Alan. Mm-hmm. And she advised them that they didn't have to accept this new belief system. Like, this is not what you signed up for, basically. Yeah. So Ron, of course, blamed Brenda, not only for emboldening his wife, but also for keeping Alan from becoming fully engaged in the Sons of Anarchy. What are they called? The the School of Prophets or whatever the fuck. Whatever stupid fucking name they give themselves. Yeah. Something, yes. Whatever dumbass name. Okay. So... Diana Diana ends up divorcing Ron and moving with their six kids to Florida. Good for her. Exactly. Dan moved out of the home that he shared with Matilda and the three girls, and they divorced as well. So then Dan and Ron go on this extended road trip together. It was like very Thelma and Louise. They go on this extended road trip together in Ron's green and pala wagon, and at times we're basically living in it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Because that's going to do great things for your psyche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So around this time, Ron's true descent, and Ron, oldest brother, his descent into madness started to really happen. It was really the departure of Diana that kind of set him on the train to Cuckoo Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent his days and nights in an old Orem home that the brothers called The Farm, writing what he believed would one day be read as scripture. Scripture. Scripture? That's what Sean Connery calls it. I call scripture. it scripture. Um, so basically, he thought he was writing like the new Bible. So was he going to get um, two stones and do some commandments as well? I guess so. Jesus. I guess so. Or he could be like uh, Joseph. What's his name? The leader of Mormon Church. I just said his name. Um, I don't know. He had golden plates that were in like Pennsylvania or Jesus something, Christ. or Ohio or something weird like that. Okay. <clears throat> So um, he's writing his scripture. So the anguish that he had towards his wife morphed into rage, and he channeled his rage towards three people. So the first person was Chloe Lowe, and she was a former LDS Relief Society president who supported his wife during the divorce. Richard Stowe was the Highland LDS stake president who had presided over the excommunication of the brothers. Mm -hmm. And Brenda Wright Lafferty, the strong-willed wife of his youngest brother, Alan. Yes. So on March 1984, Ron recorded on a yellow legal pad, you know, as the Bible is, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, what would become known as the removal revelation. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So he later shared it with the School of Prophets to the alarm of its members. And it said, I quote, Thus saith the Lord unto my servants, the prophets. It is my will and commandment that ye remove the following individuals in order that my work might go forward, for they have truly become obstacles in my path, and I will not allow my work to be stopped. First, thy brother's wife, Brenda, and her baby, then (laughs) Chloe Lowe, and then Richard Stowe. It is my will they be removed in rapid succession. Bible. I... That's the Bible. Okay. Uh, Yes. That makes the Old Testament look tame. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So on July 24th of 1984, Dan, Ron, and these two guys, Ricky Knapp and Chip Carnes, were these two guys that they, like, found hitchhiking in their travels. Mm -hmm. Um, The four of them loaded up knives, a sawed-off shotgun, and ammunition, and they head to Alan and Erica's duplex. 
So they arrive at around 1.30 and pull into the driveway. It was noted that Brenda's car was there. So Ron gets out, goes up to the door alone, carrying the sawed-off shotgun up his right-hand sleeve and the knife in his boot. Oh, my God. So Ron opens the screen door, knocks on the front door several times, but there's no answer. So Dan, in the car, is relieved, thinking that this was a test of faith from God and that they really didn't have to go through with it. They had passed the test like Abraham in the Old Testament. So we know the parable of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, angel of God, came to Abraham, said, if you really love God, you're going to sacrifice your son Isaac. Mm -hmm. He took him up the mountainside, and just as his knife was about to murder Isaac, the angel of God stopped him and said, you have shown your, uh, you know, dedication to God. Yeah. Go sacrifice a goat and live happily ever after. (laughs) And literally, that's what he did, and they, you know. They lived happily ever after. So Dan kind of saw this as this is an Abraham type of a thing. Sure. So... Ron gets back in the car. They start to drive away. They're about a block and a half away. When Dan is overcome, this is his claim, he was overcome by a weird feeling that he should go back and said that perhaps it was he who was the one that was supposed to fulfill the revelation from God that Ron received. So Dan turns the car around, goes back to Alan and Brenda's house, goes and knocks on the door. This time, Brenda answers. Oh, Jesus Christ. So now he sees this, like, this is my journey, right? Oh, no. So he begins asking her where Alan was. She states that he was at work. Dan recalls that he was silently talking to God and wondering what to do next. After a few seconds, he pushes past Brenda, enters the duplex. Ron comes in behind them and sees Dan with Brenda pinned to the floor She's trying to reason with them, begging them to, you know, don't hurt, don't hurt me, don't hurt the baby, I'll do anything you want. Ron begins to punch her in the face, trying to knock her out, all the while calling her a bitch and a liar. You know, uh, God I, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus things. Yes, yes, yes. He really wants to be Christ-like, don't forget. So she managed to get up and run into the kitchen where... You know, she actually winds up fainting because she was so overwhelmed with adrenaline and fear. So Dan tells Ron to cut the cord from the vacuum that he took. He wrapped it around Brenda's neck twice, tied it in a knot. And with the knife that Ron had handed to him, he slit Brenda's throat. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It gets worse. So while the struggle was going on, um, Ricky and Chip... Right, that was his name, Chip, Chip Carnes, yeah. Chip, yeah. We're waiting in the car, and they were able to hear the commotion, but then all of a sudden it's, it quiets down. And they start to become nervous about being involved in this plot. So they were going to leave, but then they're like, nah, I guess we'll stay, which you're dumb. It, very much so. <sighs> like, dumb. your okay. intuition was like, maybe you should go. And they're like, nah, nah, I'm going to follow this Jesus guy. Well, then you deserve everything coming your way. Mm-hmm. So... Dan walks down the hall and he says he'd never been to Brenda and Alan's home before and claimed that the spirit led him into baby Erica's room. Uh, what I say is they lived in a duplex. It probably wasn't that big and probably wasn't yeah. that hard for the first door that you opened to be Brenda's room. Yes. Or Eric, Erica's room, you big dumb idiot. I, I agree. But apparently it was God who did it. Sure, sure. So Dan guessed that Erica must have thought that he was her dad because they both had beards and their voices sounded similar, which is just fucking depressing and sad. That is very sad. Yes. So Dan starts talking to Erica and says to her, quote, I'm not sure what this is all about, but apparently it is God's will that you leave this world. Perhaps we can talk about it later. And then he slit her throat. What the fuck? 
Yes. What she, the actual fuck? She was only like 18 months old. That is terrible. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Ron and Dan leave the duplex. Their clothes are covered in blood. They get in the car, drive away. They intend to finish God's will by removing the other two people in Ron's revelation, Chloe and Richard. The brothers arrive at Chloe's house and she wasn't uh, intending to murder her. She wasn't home. So they just break in and steal some shit and leave. (laughs) Wow. Jesus said so. Wow. Just, Um, I I honestly have no words to any of this. Yeah, this is my favorite though. Feeling like they had done enough for the Lord that day, they decided against going to uh, Stowe's house. Yeah. You know what? We've done enough. Richard can live. Um, Yeah. So Alan arrives home from work around 8 p.m. that night. He walked up to the door, noted that it was locked, which was unusual because if Brenda was home, they normally don't lock the door. Yeah. So he goes in, calls her name and sees the blood and then finds her on the floor uh, face down, uh, deceased, obviously. Oh, my God. She had sustained a severe beating and had obviously been strangled with vacuum cord um, and it was still wrapped around her neck. According to the medical examiner, her throat was cut so deep that it was a six long incision slicing through her trachea, both jugular veins and both carotid arteries and left a cut in her spinal column. Stop it. Yeah. So they were really hateful. Oh, hateful. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, there was blood everywhere in the house, on the drapes, the walls, on the light switches, and it was obvious that there had been a major struggle. Yeah. So, of course, Alan goes down to check on the baby no. and found her, unfortunately, deceased in her crib. No. Uh, the medical examiner determined that both Brenda and Erica were both alive at the time that their throats were slit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Alan runs the neighbor's house and calls police. Once they arrive, Alan was taken to the police department and sat down for an interview. Um, now Alan, of course, even though he was visibly shaken, shaken because he was the husband, he has to be questioned to be cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, during his interview, he had, he did share with the detectives that his brothers, Ron and Dan, were more than likely the perpetrators. Oh, wow. He had told, um, the police that he had heard them speak about the revelation for removal with <laughs> mentioning his wife, but he had never thought that they would go through with it. So, because, like, seriously, who thinks that, you I know, know what I'm saying? I know, but now, think of how he must feel oh, now. Can't even imagine. Like, oh, yeah, no. Can't even imagine. So, the police were also able to ascertain that a neighbor had seen a green station wagon parked in Alan and Brenda's duplex on that day. Mm. So, the FBI, uh, FBI, Uh, So the FBI put out an all-points bulletin, APB, for Ron's station wagon, and they were able to locate it in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It was parked outside of a home, so the guns go in with their guns drawn and find Chip and Ricky in the home. Um, Apparently, they, like, dropped the two brothers off, stole the car, (laughs) and fucking bounced. Um, They didn't know where Ron and Dan were, but they did, they were able to leave police to the murder weapon well i mean that's something at least the fbi receives a tip that ron and dan had been spotted in reno at the circus circus casino and when (laughs) cops arrived the brothers were standing in line for the buffet stop it i will not because it is true yeah the brothers were arrested without incident so ron and dan lafferty were transported back to utah to the american fork court it's actually a town in utah american fork um 
Okay, sure. I don't sure. know what the difference between an American fork and another fork is, but apparently there's one in Utah. I mean, do they have an American spoon and an American <laughs> butter knife, too? Maybe they do. <laughs> American <laughs> flatware. Um, that's the Tri-County area. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so... Um, They were arraigned together for aggravated battery, two counts of first-degree murder, and conspiracy to commit murder. Dan chose to represent himself. Of course he did. Of course he did. Um, And the jury returned with a guilty verdict on all counts. Dan was given two life sentences without the possibility of parole. Ron was given the death penalty as he was seen as the instigator um, because of the fact that he wrote yeah. the prophecy in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, criminals in the 80s were given the choice of how they wanted to be executed, and oh. he chose a firing squad. Really? Yeah, I guess good old American West, right? Wow. So the two hitchhikers, Chip Carnes and Ricky Knapp, um, officially faced the same murder charges, but they agreed to testify for the state and pled guilty to reduce charges, which I actually, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Personally, I'm cool with that. I know it's not up to fucking yeah. me, but I'm cool with that. Well, and plus they didn't do Charlie says that's fine. <laughs> but they didn't do anything. They didn't. They just they didn't. stole the, the vehicle. Right. But, I mean, it also doesn't help either that they didn't report them or... Well, that's the whole thing is their accessories yeah. after the fact, but yeah. still, like... I'm fine. Again, like I said, not like it's up to me, but I'm fine. The yeah. three are fine. Whatever. Um, all right. So fast forward. They're in jail. Fast forward to 2008. A woman named Christy Strack begins to write to Dan Lafferty in prison. So the July 1984 slangs of Brenda and Erica Lafferty were chronicled in John Krakauer's 2003 book, Under the Banner of Heaven, which is where the Hulu... Mm-hmm. show is getting mm-hmm. its name and its uh, information from that's it's going to be an adapt- adaptation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so christy reads the book and becomes obsessed and she eventually through actually through dan's own daughter gets in touch with dan so dan christy and her husband benjamin become close friends for several years dan communicates with christy strack like she was one of his own children uh, when she suffered about with ovarian cancer, there was talk about Dan being able to cure it because, again, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he said, said they, they fell in love. love. Dan, Dan said, said that he and Christy fell in love. And he, <laughs> and he cut off his waist-length hair and beard and sent it to her. Because he never uh, shaved because he's a prophet. Um, I'm sorry. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, so he uh, cut off his hair and his beard and he sent it to Christy. Like, I guess, like, I love you. Here's my hair. Ew. It's gross. Ew. It's gross. I agree. Um, so close, frequent communication with prisoners doesn't usually ra- uh, raise concerns of the Utah prison, prison officials. Uh, but that changed in 2008 after Christy tried to pass her brother off as her husband so he could come on a prison visit and meet Dan. So Christy and Benjamin were obviously like on the list to visit Dan. Yeah. She wanted her brother to meet him. So she yeah. pretended that he was Benjamin so he could come and meet Dan. Oh my so God. she got her visitation revoked. Uh, revoked. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. She got her visitation revoked. And that actually wound up really severing the contact between Dan and the couple. Mm-hmm. That same year, Benjamin and Christy Strack began to homeschool their children. Court records show that the couple pleaded guilty to misdemeanor forgery charges in 2008 and disorderly conduct in 2009. Um, they had minor criminal history that spanned about 12 years, um, and that was kind of like the last thing that was on record mm-hmm. the couple the couple also had gone through court-ordered drug treatment um but elizabeth solace who's a spokeswoman for utah child welfare services 
said that that's not necessarily a reason for state workers to intervene in the family, and police said that there was no such intervention in the Strack's case. Christy Strack, 36, was being prescribed methadone for an opiate addiction. So Christy and Benjamin had four kids. Uh, Benson, who was 14, Emery, who was 12, and oh, I'm sorry, they had four kids. One was grown out of the house. Then the three children who lived at home was Benson, 14, Emery, 12, and Zion, 11. Okay. Um, the cops said that they were very sheltered. Um, there was no evidence that the family attended any churches, especially since the kids were homeschooled, super sheltered. Uh-huh. Didn't attend any churches. When members of the LDS church would reach out to them, they would refuse any like services or help or what have you. Yeah. Now, the mindset of Christy, I said that word, mindset, the mindset of Christy and her husband, Benjamin, grew increasingly bizarre, culminating with a brief, I'm sorry, culminating with a belief that the apocalypse was near just before they killed themselves with a drug overdose and took their three minor children with them. Are you fucking kidding me? I am not. Uh, On September 27th, 2014, Christy and Ben gave their children, um, like, basically you know, Powerade type of a situation mm-hmm. with methadone, prescription medication, and cough syrup oh before ingesting God. it themselves, and all uh, five of them died. Good Lord. Yes. Police didn't find any writings to show exactly what Benjamin and Christy Strack believed when they died, but they often talked with family and friends about wanting to escape what they saw as a growing evil in the world. But friends and family thought they meant that they would just, like, move someplace remote, yeah. like, not that they were going mean... to kill themselves. For real. Because that's exactly what I would think. I'd be like, okay, they want to go somewhere more remote. They want to live in a cave. Cool. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Benjamin Strack, who was 37 when he died, hadn't been to work for about a week when Christy Strack's oldest son, the one from a previous marriage, found the family's bodies in a locked bedroom on uh, later in September. Police found traces of illegal... Wow. Police found traces of a lethal drug mixture and a child's sand pail in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So after the deaths, police finds, uh, find letters from uh, Benson Strack, the 14-year-old, the mm-hmm. oldest son, to his best friend bequeathing some of his possessions, showing that the teen thought he might be found dead one day, which is so oh, fucking sad. So, so sad. So sad. Because I can't even imagine what they were no. told. Yeah. No. I know. Um, it's not clear how much the other children knew about the lethal mixture of drugs that they ingested. Um, the combination of methadone and cold medicine found in their bodies would likely have made them very sleepy before they died. Um, there is no signs of trauma or struggles. It's not like they were suffocated or physically like harmed mm-hmm. other than being poisoned by their parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Dan Lafferty, for his part, proudly takes credit for the family's death. Of course he does. Yes. Of course. Proudly. Proudly. Proudly takes credit unfucking believable yeah so ron lafferty spent 34 years on utah's death row for the murders and died of natural causes on november 11th 2019 at the utah state prison an execution date had not been set for him but it was on the horizon after he lost his last federal appeal three months prior Therese Michelle Day, one of ron's uh ron's attorneys said in a statement that her client was mentally ill doy you think um and never able to assist his attorneys in the case she wrote oh no she wrote that lafferty believed his incarceration was the result of a conspiracy between the state the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and unseen spiritual forces including the spirit of the trial judge's deceased father (laughs) wait 
What? Yes. No. Yes. No. He also thought that all of his attorneys were working against him and that one attorney was his reincarnated sister who later became possessed by an evil spirit. I got nothing. Yeah. I, I got nothing. Yeah. Now here's the part that's going to really, really get you mad. Oh, Jesus. So today, Dan Lafferty spends his days in a maximum security prison um, at Utah State Prison. Mm-hmm. He recalls the murders of his sister-in-law and niece as if he were recounting just a routine event in his life. He claims responsibility for both murders, although Ron was convicted of killing Brenda and sentenced to die for devising the murder plot. Quote, it's never haunted me. It's never bothered me. I don't blame anyone for not understanding it, but if you had done it, it wouldn't haunt you either. It was a strange phenomenon. It gets worse. Um, That's not it? No? No, no, no. no. He says worse things. Uh, Dan said he and his brother were led by God to beat Brenda unconscious, wrap a vacuum cord around her neck um, until she went limp, sit and slit her throat. She was only 24. Quote, I held Brenda's hair and did it pretty much the way they did it in the scriptures, he says proudly. Quote, then I walked in Erica's room and I talked to her for a minute. He had to look away when he um, killed the baby she was only 15 months old i know i said 18 months i was wrong she was 15 months old quote i like to think she didn't suffer it probably should draw more sympathy to me than it does but i don't let it (sighs) oh here's the best here's the best here's the best here's the best okay dan doesn't think he's going to die in prison he believes the walls will crumble and he will emerge as the biblical prophet elijah announcing the second coming of christ is he for real and then ready this is my favorite quote from him quote I don't feel comfortable saying I know that I'm Elijah, but I'd be pretty surprised if I'm not. Are you? Like, I... I what? What? Yeah. Just, just, what? Yeah. I once had this quote. For me, I said this quote once. It was very recent. There was a... It was right around the holidays, I want to say. There was, not far from here, a murder that happened. Um, it was it had to be around the holidays, because I think it was, like, Christmas presents were on the floor. Whatever. Anyway, that's completely irrelevant. It was close by to here. And it was a neighbor had gone over to the neighbor's house and killed, like, everybody inside. Children, mm. the grandfather, like, murdered everybody. And then said that he was told to do it by God. And I said... If God, if you think God is speaking to you and he's telling you to kill people, God is not speaking to you. No. That's not God. No. I can promise you that. No. It's it's the I dog can, from the son of Sam. Correct. Like, if you think it's God saying, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, time to murder, that's not God. No. Nope. That's your own psychosis. Yes. Your own psychosis with, so a, mad. with a face that looks like God. Yes. But it, it's not. It's an imposter. It ain't. It, ain't. it is. He's wearing a God mask. Yes. Yes, and like one of those really bad ones that mm-hmm. it just paper that you kind of just tape to your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like glasses, a fake nose, and a mustache. Yeah, like, I'm Jesus. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awful. Dan believes all organized religion. <clears throat> Dan believes all organized religion is of the devil. Although religion is his favorite topic of conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, okay. Contradictory, yes. but contradict, you know. Yep. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he tore up his own scriptures years ago and threw them in the garbage, he quotes from them constantly. Um, according to Dan, everyone on earth is either a child of God or a child of the devil. He says that his brother Ron is of the devil because he tried to kill Dan in the Utah County Jail when they were first arrested. <laughs> So his 
Okay, so if he is a son of the devil, because, Ron, yes. yeah, because, Ron, yes. sorry, because he tried to kill Dan, then what the fuck is Dan if he killed other people? Well, my whole thing is, is if Ron is of the devil, okay, here we go. Here's my not crazy logic. If you think Ron is of the devil, right, mm-hmm. but you carried out Ron's scripture, yeah. Then that's not God speaking. No, that's, that's the wrong. devil speaking. Yes, because he so was the devil. So you saying that you don't feel guilty is stupid because you carried out the work of the devil by your own admission, you crazy person. Yes. Yes. And not to like belittle the term cra- the man. I can't. I can't. Oh, he also believes that heaven is a 1,000 year party. Which, I mean, you know, sign me up for that, I guess. I mean, sure, but sure. what? Yes. Um, Dan has never talked to Alan about murdering his wife and daughter. He says, quote, Alan once asked my mom why I wouldn't repent. And he says, there are some things you can't repent for. Are you ready for this? Mm. I'm sure Alan thought I was talking about that this is an unpardonable sin. But what I meant is you don't repent for things that aren't wrong. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He did not fucking say that. He did. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I just want to give very quickly that that's the end of Dan. We don't have to talk about him anymore. But I do want to give just a brief background on Brenda herself because, of course, we didn't really talk about her. Um, So Brenda was born on July 19th, 1960 to parents Lorraine and James Wright. She grew up in Kimberly, Kimberly, Idaho, with five sisters and one brother. They were a close and happy LDS family. Brenda had been described as fun, energetic, bubbly, smart, and driven. Mm. She was formerly a beauty scholarship contender, where she was crowned second runner-up to Miss Idaho. Get it, girl. Yeah. She was tall. She was pretty. She had, like, cute little freckles. Mm. Um, She had aspired to write children's books. I know. Alan and Brenda were married in the LDS Temple in 1982, and on April 28th, 1983, they welcomed Erica Lane Lafferty into their family, which means that Erica would be literally the exact same age as Jovi and I, which is fucking sad. I mean, it's sad no matter what she would be aged now. It's fucking sad. Um, Alan and Brenda decided it would be best for Brenda to stay home to be a full-time housewife and mother. Her parents, uh, James and Lorraine, said of Erica, the baby, oh, we loved her. She was such a joy, a petite little girl, very active. She was learning to speak quickly and would have been walking soon. She would have been just like her strong mom. Yep. And that is the story of the Lafferty brothers who murdered Brenna and Erica Lafferty. That is so terrible. Yes. That is terrible. Yes. Like, they're as fucked up as fucked up can be. Oh, yeah. What's the name of the, sh- the show we're going to Under the sun. Under the, under the banner Tuscan of... Sun. Uh, under the banner of heaven, right? Under, under the, banner the banner of heaven, heaven is going to be the show, which is the, the book that was written on, or the, the book that this story was written about uh, that came out in the early, two, in the early aughts um, is the source material for the series. I totally read that book. Yeah. Kind of want to. And apparently, according to what I've read, the book not only talks about, like, the, the murders themselves, but also goes into, like, the history of the Mormon church. Oh, okay. Well, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting, especially for people that don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that I know a great deal because I love the Book of Mormon. The musical. The musical. The Book of Mormon. Yes. yes. I'm obviously being funny because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is a comedy, but it is great. But yes. 
Yeah, I know the basics. Yeah. 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 I have a former boss who was Mormon and devoutly Mormon. He was actually like a uh, church elder bishop person. Mm-hmm. Like he was like the head of our area's LDS church. Nice. Um, good person, you know, good guy, whatever. There's, you know, believe me, I grew up Catholic. Catholicism and Mormonism, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea, Joseph Smith, right? That was the founder mm-hmm. of Mormonism. The whole idea of him just is kind of, it. it's fishy to me. But I mean, hey, at the end of the day, at this point in my life, all organized religion is a little fishy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But again, like I said, as a person who has, like, faith if you think god is speaking to you and he is telling you to kill someone i can promise you that god is not speaking to you mm-hmm. i promise mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. i like i will i will guarantee it and if you die and go to heaven and god was like no that was me i'm still gonna say i think you hedged your bets on the right side of that yeah conversation yeah so, yeah. yeah wow wow <laughs> I, I don't I don't even know I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I know. It was one that I had never heard before. I never heard that story no, before. No, me neither. Yes. It's crazy. I know. Nutty. <sighs> yeah. I just <sighs> Under the banner of heaven. Again, why <sighs> stop killing children? Like, Please. For real. Like though. don't kill anybody. Yeah, preferably. But what did that fifteen month old do to you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero things. That you could have just you could have just left. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to kill Brenda to begin with. But I'm saying, if you're gonna kill Brenda, just fucking leave when you're done. Yeah. Leave the leave the kid alone. Yeah. You know, because Alan Alan was the dad, uh, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Alan would have liked to have, have his baby. Correct. Have yeah. his baby, and you know, be reminded of his beautiful wife, and mm-hmm. you know, hope that the baby comes to be. A great woman like her mother was yes. like i that that's just it's heartless mm-hmm. it's stupid it's this fuck face dan i just i can't i know i can't i know and like as much as i hate ron for like writing the prophecy in the first place dan, dan the, carried it out though the things that he said especially now the things that he says is so infuriating like alan thinks i won't repent because they're like it's un repentable basically like it's so unfathomable what i did mm-hmm. but i'm not repenting because i did nothing wrong like no crazy you killed a woman and her baby yeah like you did something wrong yeah and again just to throw some logic at the illogical like you said your brother is of the devil you carried out his word therefore it's so facto you carried out the work of the devil yeah stop saying that you did it because god said so yeah now, Ron was the one that had the death sentence. Yes. But he died before even being shot, but with a firing squad. Yes. How the fuck did Dan not get I don't know. the death penalty? Like, Especially since he d- defended he, himself. Yes. Yes, I agree. Like, th- that makes no sense to me. Yeah. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I would love to see the... Um, transcript from that court case oh for sure you know it has to be all kinds of fucking weird yeah crazy you know and that's another thing that pisses me off and i know i've said this before is people that are on death row that die of natural causes before they're even executed i know that bothers me like you have no idea yeah Yeah. i like yeah and i know we've i know we've had debates and stuff over it it's such a hard subject to talk about because yeah 
there's so much nuance to the argument of capital punishment. Well, yeah. But like... When it's something like this where you know yes. 110% I get that he did what he did, there I should be no waiting period. I I'm agree. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it should be like the days of the musical Chicago. Yeah. Where, uh-uh, not guilty, and they walk her outside of the courtroom and she gets hung. Right. Right. Like, it's... Because, <laughs> you know, he had it coming. He did. He walked into her night ten times. Uh-huh. Um, but you should also she should see Chicago. Yes, yes. <clears throat> But that shit, that shit just, it gets me every time. Every time we talk about a case and there's a death penalty and the motherfucker's still sitting on death row 30 some odd years later. It's like, seriously? Yeah. Seriously. Well, and I think that that's, I think that's a lot of people's, like, cases for why the death penalty, death penalty should be abolished anyway. Because it's kind of like, you're not actually doing right. anything within it. So what's, what's the point? Right. I agree. What's the point? If, if putting them in jail for life is literally the same as putting them on death row. Yeah. Because they're just going to die there anyway. Yeah. Of natural causes. Then what's the point in the first place? Yeah. And especially for those families where somebody does get sentenced to death, they're like, yes, every, you know, they're going to get um, vindicated or whatever the case may be. But then they're waiting. Yeah. And they're waiting. And they're waiting. Yeah, and like the parents pass, like the parents of the victim. Pass yeah, away. they never get to see that no. like, justice carried out for their child. No, and that that is another thing to be heartbroken about. Like yes. I just I yeah. don't don't understand. Neither I don't. Neither do I. That's why way smarter brains than yours or mine make these decisions. Yeah, because it is just not something that I would ever be able to. No, oh God, absolutely not. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. That is way above my pay grade, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I just got a raise. <laughs> it's still uh, above it. It's still <laughs> it above still it. still way above my pay grade. <laughs> um, all right. So on that note, guys, I am so sorry to bring you such a sad one, but hopefully the Andrew Garfield show is uh, at least entertaining. Oh, I can't wait to see that now. Now Me that too. like I know the case. And he doesn't play one of the murderers. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. That was like, the, as soon as I finished reading it, I looked up to see who he plays as a detective. Oh, thank so God. So like, I was like, I because I can't handle watching him murdering no. people. No. I can't. No. Which I'm, I think he might have murdered people in other movies. I don't know. But nothing that I've seen he's murdered people in. No. Same. I mean, even though he never caught Gwen Stacy when she fell off those that building. Oh darn. But he didn't kill her. No. Um anyway. <laughs> Spider Man. Um all right. So anyway, on that lovely note, we love Andrew Garfield. Yes. And uh thank you guys so much uh for all that you do and for all that you are. Mm-hmm. And for all that you are to us. Mm-hmm. I mean truthfully we do appreciate every single one of you. Absolutely. Do you want to do the outro or you want me to do the outro? I can do the outro. Okay. Because you know. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> on that note, um, like Charlie said, thank you guys for everything. Thank you for, you know, listening to us week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to those of you who do send us um, story suggestions and they and you guys um, that take partake in our like trivia and things like that. That that means a lot to us. So. Agreed. So thank you. Thank you. Um so if you if you like what you hear, what you see, tell mm-hmm. a friend. Yes. And then tell them to tell their friends. And then all the friends tell the friends. Every friend. Everybody will be listening to us and it'll everybody be grand. Listen now. And then maybe we get Andrew Garfield to guest star on our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, seriously. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. You can find us on most streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think there's only one or two that we are not on as of yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Hopefully, mm-hmm. Uh, Anchor will catch up with that. Mm-hmm, That'd be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on the socials, mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at Bed Crime Stories. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email through the Gmail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bed Crime Stories pod at gmail.com. Um, be kind. Please do that. You know, especially after hearing a story like this, yeah. you know, hug hug your pets, mm-hmm. hug your loved ones. You know, their day could be shitty and all they need is a hug and you'll make it that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, all you guys stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. And until next time, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.